Well, today I'm going to be, uh, uh, my text is going to be out of Romans um, chapter 8. I talked to Mike about uh, when Pastor Mike was gone, we're going to be gone. I, uh, what do you want me to preach on? He said, well, you preach anything you want to preach. Then I said, well, I said, my, my meditation in the last few days has been in Romans. Actually, Romans 8. I said, go with it. So Mike spoke last week on Romans chapter 1, and uh, so I'm a little ahead of the game here. Uh, so he'll be probably following up with other chapters in Romans, and he'll hit Romans 8 again. But, you know, Romans 8 is really the, uh, you know, it, it's the pinnacle of the Bible. It's, uh, I like to say it's the high-water mark of the Bible. It's the sum of the purpose of the Word of God. And it illustrates how God has set us free and everything flows into the book of Romans. Everything flows into the 8th chapter of Romans. And the great, uh, you know, we, we had our uh, Bible study, our adult Bible study on Romans for two years. And, you know, we always make a joke, how long is this going to take, you know? But... Uh, the great preacher, D. Martin Lloyd-Jones, who's probably classified as one of the top ten preachers uh, of all time, he preached, he had a Friday night Bible study at Westminster Abbey in England, and he preached for 13 years, or taught for 13 years in the Book of Romans. So we're behind a little bit. So we're going to start next, no, not we're But, if, and Mike said this here, uh, if not last week, the week before. Uh, let, let's just say you're a casual Bible reader. I hope you're not, but uh, go to the 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th chapter of Romans and just pound on it. And you will get released. That, that is your answer to life. It's your answer to getting free. It's the message of the Bible. Five, six, seven, eight of Romans. I want to start in, in verse one. It says, "Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus." Boy, I hope we get that. There's no condemnation. Nobody's condemned here for those that are in Christ Jesus. Let's go a little further. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has superseded, overcame the previous law. It trumped the old law of sin and death. The old law said if you sin, you're going to die unless you put in a sacrifice of blood and then you're okay for a while, but you still, your conscience wasn't clean. So you get another animal, you get another farm animal with blood, and spread that over, and you shed that blood, you're okay for a while. <clears throat> but this new life in Christ Jesus has superseded that. It's overcame that one blood shed, one time, for all time, for all sin, for yours and mine, past, present, future.
if I handed you a document, and that document said, and this is what he did, this is what he did with the nation of Israel in Exodus 24, he goes over like this, he says, I got a document here for you, they only got a document here, but you sign this document, it says that if, if you're good and you behave yourself, I'll be good to you. But if you're not good, there's going to be a curse on you. You want to sign it? <laughs> you're not sure, are you? But now that got superseded with a, with a better document. And that document says, I have redeemed you from all sin. Dylan. All sin that you have committed and will commit, I've paid for that. You know, if he didn't pay for our future sins, then we're going to have to put up some more crosses. We went there one time. So, Dylan, all your sins are going to be taken care of. And the only way it's going to work is if you believe it. Which one do you like? You like the first one or the second one? All right. Well, that's yours. See? That's ours. That's the one we live in today. That's the one that superseded the old one. <clears throat> so if we go <clears throat> continuing on here, for what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did it sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. We want to look closely. It says the law couldn't do it because the flesh was weak. That means our flesh was weak. We could not do it. There is no way, no how. Any, any human being that has ever lived has ever succeeded in being righteous by their own standards or by their own activity. You know, Muhammad Ali, he passed away here a couple months ago, I'm going to say. You know, and I, I read, it once he, you know, when he, I, I grew up, uh, um, when, he, when he first came up, you know, the Louisville lip, loudmouth guy, you know, um, you know, this, the Louisville lip. This young kid, brash kid, he'd won, he'd won a gold medal in, in the Olympics, in boxing, and he comes up, <clears throat> and he starts to predict what round he's going to knock everybody out in. You know, Archie Moore will go down in four, you know, and things like that. And he did. He, it was true. And everybody, you know, got after him because he was so mouthy and lippy. But he came through with it. You know, he had an amazing life. Became a, after he defeated Sonny Liston for the first the, the, the fight he had with Sonny Liston, he knocked him out in 56 seconds. Uh, Sonny Liston was a bear. I mean, this was a mean, thick dude. And Ali took him out in 56 seconds. I am the greatest. I told you I was the greatest. I am the greatest. You know, people say he got that from Little Richard. You know, Little Richard. You know, I'm the greatest. I'm great. But, but Ali, then after he defeated Liston, then he becomes a black Muslim. And he had been preached to that Christianity, the cross, had a chain tied to it, and it was the white man's religion. 
totally deceived. But, you know, if you read about his life, I read about him after he passed away. Amazing guy, amazing guy. Very, very uh, uh, generous with his, with his money and things like that. He really helped a lot of people. Loved kids. He'd like to go into a crowd of people and meet the people. Loved contact with people. And he said this. He said, you know, as long as my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds, I'll be okay. Well, he got deceived because that won't work. The only righteousness that is going to be good for anybody, and we know this, is the righteousness of Jesus. And that's, that's what we have. <clears throat> and the law could not do that through us, through our flesh. And so he sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Now that's amazing. He sent Jesus, the pure one, the anointed one, into the earth as a sinful man, even though he wasn't sinful. Completely tying himself with us. A complete ID of us. Same thing. When he went on the cross, you and I went with him. When he hung there, I was up there too. I'm taking you along. So you and I have paid for our sins already. They're paid for. He carried us right along with him. In order that the requirement of the law may be fulfilled in us, just imagine, in us the law was fulfilled. Not just him, in us. <clears throat> who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. We now have a new way to walk. We can walk in the spirit. The requirement of the law never set anybody free. The law never came to us and said, good job, you did a good job today, uh, therefore you're going to be righteous. The law never did that. The law kicked our teeth in. We couldn't fulfill the law. But the requirements of the law have been fulfilled in us through Jesus. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. I'm going to pick out two verses here. Um, I, should have, uh, I should have had, uh, Nick, is this possible for you to put these on the board? You can, say, you can say no. That's okay. You won't? Huh? Okay. That's fine. First, first, I'll turn there then. 1 Corinthians uh, 2, uh, verse 10. I'm going to start out with this. Now we're looking here at the, uh, the verse that says, uh, those who set their minds on the things of the flesh uh, cannot understand things of the Spirit. So let's read here in 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 16. It says, For to us <clears throat> God revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among man knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, which is the Spirit of the Antichrist, which is the Spirit against Christ, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things freely given to us by God. So we're talking now spirit to spirit. No longer with our flesh, with our natural mind, it's impossible to know these things. 
So we all have a spirit, a spirit in every one of us, and that's how God talks to us, through the spirit. This is all spirit food. Uh, this is all meant to uh, strengthen our spirit and be communicating with him. The Bible says if we are one with God, we are one spirit with him. The Bible says he's also the father of spirits, and that's every one of us. You know, I was thinking today, the body, the natural body, needs so many things. You know, we, we need cars, we need gas, we need insurance, <clears throat> we need toothbrushes, uh, we need glasses, we need socks, we need underwear. Uh, sometimes the most, the most valuable thing in our life would be a glass of water for thirsty. Or maybe we're so hungry, a sandwich is the most valuable thing in the world. Or sometimes a roll of toilet paper is the most precious thing there is. <laughs> Anybody that went camping would know that. But you know, our spirit, our inner man, now possesses everything. Our spirit now possesses. We have been given everything that's needed for life and godliness. That's what this verse is trying to tell us. Put your mind on these things, the spiritual things, not on earthly things, on natural things. Because it's a death, the Bible says. Now, you and I have both walked in the spirit and we have walked in the flesh. When it says that we die... That doesn't mean that if I've ever done anything wrong, I'm going to die. Our bodies are going to die. We know that. But we're talking about a death that's eternal, absence of the divine life, or being close to the divine life, which is going to be absolutely horrible. We think, you know, we hear comments today, you know, the world is really going to pot. It's a horrible place to live. Uh, It's getting worse and worse and worse. Um, But really, the Bible says heaven and earth are full of his glory. See, there's a spiritual world that we don't really see with our natural eyes, our carnal senses that we don't see, but it's out there. If he is ever pulled from the earth, you don't want to be here. You'll see what evil is. Before Jesus came, we look back in Genesis and it said, back after man sinned, there was no Savior. Although God was still, you know, had his hand on the earth, looking at the earth. But men did continual evil in his, before the Lord. Continually, his thoughts were that way. Thank God it isn't that way today, although we have some evil, terrible, terrible evil in the world. But now we know the Holy Spirit is here, restraining evil. But the death we're talking about here is a death that's absence of his life. <clears throat> Let's see, where are we? Uh, verse 6. For the mind set on the flesh is death, the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. <clears throat> I'm going to read one more verse here. I don't want to get too long here. Out of Galatians 5. I didn't finish one in uh, Corinthians. Galatians 5 is going to be a little shorter, quicker. Uh, Galatians chapter 5. Verses 13, uh, starting with verses 13, uh, I'm going to go down to 
18. For you are called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. <clears throat> when we say that we've been saved by grace, and Paul said this in chapter 6 of Romans, he said, if you think that that means that we can continue in sin, be it never be. Oh, you don't get it. You don't get it. You don't get it, he said. And it's, this verse is saying the same thing. This is not an opportunity for the flesh. This is not an opportunity to sin, even though our sins are forgiven past, present, and future. What he is saying to us is now we have a path to righteousness. You're born again. You're a new creature. Why do you want to get into sin? Why do you want to do that? And so, so he is saying here, this is not an opportunity uh, to, to walk in the flesh. <clears throat> 14, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. If you want to do us right today, if you have a little lawful pocket in your mind and you want to you think law, just love. And you fulfilled it. Love eliminates hate. Love eliminates uh, adultery, love eliminates stealing, love eliminates killing, love eliminates, yeah, that's hard to say, love eliminates, love eliminates, sounds like Elvis, thank you very much, so, <laughs> love eliminates, love eliminates all those things, so if you want to have a law, okay, gee, we got to live by a law, that's the law we live by, that's the law we can live by, okay, going on in Galatians here, but if you bite and devour one another, take care lest you be consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit. Here we go again. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. <clears throat> when we were teaching our class on Sunday morning, I always like the illustration. If you're headed to New Orleans, you're not going to get to Canada. See, If you're occupied with living in the Spirit, you're not going to be occupied by living in the flesh. You're in a different direction, a totally different direction. <clears throat> 17, for the flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. This, this illustrates chapter 7 of Romans where the things I do, I don't do, and the things that I should do, I, I don't do, or the things I don't want to do, I do. See, there's a war going on. There's a battle going on right now. Every one of us, it's either, it's either you're going to ride in the flesh or you're going to walk in the Spirit. Spirit is life and peace. And flesh is all those things that we see in verse 22 of chapter 5 of Galatians, hostilities, uh, factions, adultery, murder, steal, hate, jealousy, envy, all those things. That's our flesh. If we're not living, if we're not if we're not settled into life and peace, joy and peace, Brian said that this morning. Examine yourself. Now, that doesn't mean examine yourself for, for salvation. It examines your walk. Am I, in, am I in life and peace? Am I standing in life and peace today? Or am I, am I in turmoil? Am I against something? Am I in unforgiveness? That's not walking in the Spirit. That's walking in the flesh. <clears throat> but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. That word led means governed, umpired, ruled. 
be free to know this. The Holy Spirit is a guide, a loving, comforting guide. And he, you know, when an umpire calls a game, he calls the rules of the game. And you have to play in the rules. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit kind of, it's like if you've got a rubber wall there, he kind of bounces us back again. No, get back here, readjust, readjust. You know, Mike said last week, you know, uh, it was really, really a revealing thing about the Holy Spirit, who is our guide. He also warns. <clears throat> he also warns. He warned Paul, listen, you're going to go here. I want you to go here, but you know, you're going to run into some things. They're going to try to kill you. They're going to try to stone you. They're going to try to do all these things to you. And so we warned him. I, if there's something out there, I want to be warned. And that's what the Holy Spirit does in his loving way. I'm going to throw this in there too. You know, we use the word convict a lot. Oh boy, the Holy Spirit really convicted me. <clears throat> I'll tell you, let, let, me just, let, me just, uh, let me just straighten the word out a little bit. <clears throat> if, you're, if you're convicted of something, Alan, if you're convicted of something, you're probably going to jail. You're a convict. You see that word? Now, he will correct you, and he will do whatever it takes to put you back on the path of righteousness if you're kind of bouncing off the walls. So I know, I know there's, there's a verse in John 16. It says that he'll convict the world. We're not of the world. We're sons and daughters. We're new creatures in Jesus. He's not going to convict us because convict says you pound the gavel down and you lay out a sentence and you're guilty. We are no longer guilty in Jesus. We're not guilty anymore. We're free. The price is paid. And if we're not guilty, what are we, how are we going to get unguilted? <coughs> how are we going to get fresh? How are we going to get new? How are we going to be right with God? If it wasn't by the blood. I hope I get in trouble by explaining that word because you'll hear it, you'll hear it tomorrow. You might hear it today. Boy, the, the Holy Spirit convicts us. Well, uh, just so you know what that word means. Because when, when something convicts you, they, the gavel goes down, the guys, you know, they put a little funny suit on you, and you go into a little room with bars. He doesn't do that. We're free. But he will, as a loving father, he will train us. And he will correct us. No question about it. Uh, <clears throat> okay, that was out of Galatians. Let's go back to our, <clears throat> to our text. Verse 8. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. <clears throat> Before we, get, before we get scared here and say, oh, you know, I know I'm not pleasing God because I'm in the flesh. We're going to answer that in a little bit. But there's also a verse in Hebrews eleven six. 6. It says, without faith it's impossible to please God. Now, we can go in the tank real quick and say, oh, I don't have enough faith, so I'm not pleasing God. But 
He's well aware of that. He's taken care of that. And we can see this. <clears throat> if, we, if we don't have enough faith and it's not pleasing God, go after it. Strengthen your faith. <clears throat> Get the faith food. In the uh, second, cha- uh, second Peter, first chapter, it tells us we've been given everything we need for life and godliness. We're complete in him. Complete. Complete in him. We're complete. So if there's times that we don't have enough faith, we feel like walking in the... <laughs> you know, my wife was walking in the flesh yesterday. You know, I was... I was... Ha- did she say anything? Is she looking? Um, we were, uh, I was <clears throat> in the heat. I was cutting, uh, trimming this uh, uh, birch tree. It was hanging over on our building, and I got my pole saw 17 feet. I'm out there like this, you know. And I'm on top of the gravel truck to get the extra four feet. And I say, hon, get me a, get me a rake. And uh, it took her a long time, too long, you know. <laughs> and um, so here she comes with this stupid little plastic rake. <laughs> so, yeah, that covers a multitude of sin. <laughs> so, so I get down, I'm, you know, huffy, I get down. I wasn't in the flesh, of course. I'm a little huffy, I get down off the la- I get on the, off the down the ladder off the gravel truck, and no, that's not the one I want. So she throws it down and walks to the house. <laughs> she does that about once a year. Yeah. So she does that about once a year, and I let let her by with it. No. No, I, anyway. Um, we kissed and made up, you know. Um, you know what? If you're walking the flesh, just get out of it as quick as you can. I, <clears throat> I, before I, before I knew what Jesus did for me. I mean, I was a believer, but I, I, I just went in the tank. I would go in the tank for months because if I did something like that, that I know was in the flesh, I would say, I can't be a Christian. I can't be. There's no way uh, to act like that. There's no way. I just judge myself. Incorrectly. I didn't judge myself by the word that I'm in Christ by faith. I'm in Christ. That wasn't me. That was, you know, my flesh acting badly. Boy, it took me a long time to get over that. But now if I get, if I do something like that, it's just, boy, the time is, you know, I want to get right back in the spirit, you know, and just get rid of it. That's not me. I'm a new creature in Jesus. I'm I'm his child. Not because of what I did, but what I believe, by what he did. That's what makes me right or anybody right. So, <clears throat> uh, but please don't think less of my wife. She's, she's, she's good. She's good. <clears throat> now, verse 9, <clears throat> verse 9, it says, However, oh, we're getting free here. However, you... You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if, indeed, the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. 
Now, that sounds like a challenge, doesn't it? You'll look at that and say, oh, yeah, well, that's good, you know. Um, I'm, I'm in the Spirit if. You know, I used to circle words like that. If. There would be, uh-oh. If, indeed, the Spirit of God dwells in you. And I'd say, he can't dwell in me. Not the way I act. Not, not a scumbag like me. So, you know, you look at it further and it says, but if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Oh, thank you. You just nailed me. But I want, I want to show you something here. In Ephesians chapter 1, um, I, I use this a lot. I, I have to. I have to to stay so the enemy doesn't get after me. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, Anybody ever heard a message of truth? Heard the message. Heard, heard. I heard the message. We're hearing the message today out of Romans 8. You heard the message. We're all, we're all capable of doing that. <clears throat> the gospel of your salvation, the good news of your salvation from eternal damnation and into the glory of God and into his heavenly home. Having also believed, <clears throat> here we are. You know, the Holy Spirit showed me something about Keith this morning. And when Keith was getting ministry to this morning, that's exactly what the Holy Spirit wanted to tell Keith. Having believed, there's your ticket, Keith. You know that. Having believed. Having believed. The old law would have said, Keith, you're a dog. You're a scum. But the word of God doesn't say that anymore. Because all the stuff you and I did were right up there. They're gone. Your ticket is having believed. Having believed. What we read in the the first couple chapters this morning, having believed, set us free, they now are a living in the superseded spirit, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And we get there by, if we quit smoking. Nope. We get there by believing. So you and I are in there by believing. And he goes on to say, You were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view of the redemption of God's own possession, <coughs> to the praise of his glory. Keith, I don't mean to, I'm not trying to embarrass you or anything. The Lord told me this morning that, uh, well, I'm just going to share what, what we told Keith. The Holy Spirit said, he belongs to me, just like all of you. Keith belongs to me because I paid for his sin. 
the enemy points a finger at you or he draws you into his sin. And then when you do that sin, then he turns around and said, aha, I got you. See, you're not righteous. He always points to our flesh. Always, always, always. Because he cannot touch us in the spirit because of that verse right there that we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Vacuum packed, sealed up, ready for delivery on the final day. Now the enemy will turn that right around and he'll take your actions and what you do, he'll turn that right around and say, "Uh uh-uh, nope, nope. See what you did? You swore at your wife yesterday. Well, I didn't, but I mean, I didn't. But somebody maybe did. You kicked the cat. You went out and got drunk. Doesn't make any difference. Not when you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but I did. I did. No, 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 no. You believed. You believed. I don't know of anyone that would want to renounce as bad as they've acted and as bad as the things they've done, want to turn around and renounce Christ. They might not believe that He did it for them. But to renounce him and say, I want nothing to do with him? Well, that's a hard, 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 hard decision. But I don't think anybody here makes that decision. They won't make that decision. We might get beat up, busted up, trampled on, run over. But I'm not, I'm not, that was me. I'm not going to take the anointed one, the son of God, and say, no, he's of no avail. That's nothing. Not if you're a believer. And that's why the enemy attacks us so bad, is to take and want to pull that out of us. Pull the faith out of us and trusting in who Jesus is. That's a verse you can mark in your Bible. It's having heard the message you believed, and now here's the Holy Spirit. I want Jaron to read something for me right now. Yeah. Did I, woke, did I wake you up? No. Oh. <laughs> what, uh, I think that one, that, yeah. Uh, th- this, this is from, um, <clears throat> this is from uh, a book by Christine Kane. Maybe some of you, have you read it? It's called Unashamed. It's a great, great book. And uh, she is talking about uh, it's an excerpt from her book, and she's talking about when you get up in the morning, it's like you get to a train station, and all the destinations are on the wall, and here come the trains. And which train are you going to get on? And that's basically the setup for that. Go ahead, Jim. Well, the devil is ever so crafty in communicating negative messages. He will do everything in his power to keep us from getting on the right train of thought. He'll bombard our thoughts because he knows that most people don't even think about what they are thinking about. He knows they will believe any lie he tells, that they will think they thought that they will think any thought that comes to their minds. So we have to be committed to know, to learn, and to retrain our thinking. We have to work at believing God's voice spoken through his word more than all more than all the other voices that have spoken into our lives, including our own. Begin every day by first checking the destination board and picking the right train of thoughts. 
as you ask yourself, where do I want to end up today? Then, and then set your course going in the right direction. Take God's thoughts and replace yours with his. This is the process of renewing your mind, of becoming someone who thinks and consequently lives differently than you do now. I start every morning filling my mind with the word of God. I need to remind myself of what God says about me and every circumstance in life. When I am armed with the truth of his word, I am able to contend with the onslaught of fear, doubt, insecurity, negativity, and lies that the enemy hurls at me daily. If this sounds like a lot of work, consider it this way. If you, need kidney, if you needed kidney dialysis every day to stay alive, would you do it? You would do it, right? If you needed a pill every day to keep you alive, you would take it. I urge you to consider it that important to study the Word. The Word will keep, will keep you on track and help you to flourish in life. Knowing who we are in Christ and what we have in Christ is the key to setting our course and staying on track every day. We have to think God's truth. We have to think God's truth and say it daily, because it is only the truth we know that sets us free. And the only way to know God's word is to read it, meditate on it, and study it and apply it to our everyday lives. Renewing your mind is applying the word in a very practical way. It is changing your thoughts, the seat of power that directs your entire life and the way it goes. And if you're not sure what to say, if you don't know which train will take you there, you don't have to just stand around waiting and hoping for that train of thought to pull up. You can go looking for it in the Word of God. Use all the tools available to us today. There are sources of different translations and versions accessible in, in a variety of print editions on the internet, your smartphone, or on the TV or DVD, in um, countless books, and provide a variety of helps. And that's just the beginning. God is serious about getting His Word to us. We just need to be willing to apply it and reprogram our minds. When I first started renewing my mind, I had to put post-it notes of written, handwritten scriptures on my mirror that I needed to keep foremost in my mind. I keep a list of verses, passages that reminded me who I am in Christ and that I have, and what I have in Christ. Post-it notes are still my favorite to this very day because it, it took years to develop all the wrong thoughts. Despite our best efforts, we can't undo overnight what took so long to create. All those occurrences of listening to family, friends, teachers, media, and ourselves, so many voices feeding us shame-inducing thoughts. But as I committed to the process of replacing my thoughts with God's thoughts, it has changed my course of my life. Thanks, Jen. That book is by Christine Kane, and uh, the book is called Unashamed. And I, I think, you know, if you know someone that really deals with that and are not free, it's a good book. She's got a Bible study and, and everything. Give me my phone back. <laughs> Thank you, Jaron. I'm going to conclude today with, <clears throat> I'm going to skip down to um, <clears throat> verse 14. Um, <clears throat> For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, <clears throat> these are the sons of God. Now, we want to know that this could be another convicting verse. You say, well, you know, I, I'm not being led. I, I don't, I, you know, I, I, I don't get messages from God. I don't hear God. So evidently I'm not led by the Spirit or I'm not, I'm not a son of God. So we can, get, we, we can get in a tank over that one too. But I, I want you to do, just think a little bit. Um... There's been times that we have all had an intuition or impressiveness 
and it has nothing to do with our natural mental capacities. It's something that I don't know why, but I'm thinking about this. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, that's the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's its, its most infant, smallest form. And we know that the leading of the Holy Spirit can graduate to way into the gifts where we can uh, go to someone and say, you were in a car accident back in, you know, 2007, correct? Right. Well, that's, that's a gift of the Spirit. So, I mean, uh, remember that verse we read, uh, how he has freely given us things in the Spirit. So listening to the Holy Spirit is our... That, if we neglect that as believers, we are neglecting a treasure. That is the most accurate, the most uh, joyful, the most satisfying way to live is listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, when we say a voice, that's the first thing we think of. We think of a, a, a audible voice. But <clears throat> there's a couple things I just want to point out before we go. Very few times I've ever w- or, or had where the, the, I just, bang, there was a voice or something like that. Most of it is a witness in our spirit. That's the primary way that he speaks to us, witnessing in our spirit. You know, when this verse was written, the sons of God will be led by the Spirit of God. They did not have the Bible. They did not have the documented word that had the Old Testament. They did not have the New Testament that we read. And so being led by the Spirit was optimum. I mean, that was, you you had to have that. And so when we get unctions or we get impressions that witnesses with our spirit, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Um... Uh, this, this, like this morning, uh, not picking on Keith again, but Lynette came up to me and said, Do you, has the Holy Spirit told you anything about Keith this morning? I said, yeah. I didn't say that, but I, I was pondering that. I said, yeah. That, I, to myself, I said, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, that was the leading of the Holy Spirit. There's another time uh, here when uh, uh, our granddaughter was being born, when Layla was being born, and uh, Ryan was, uh, had read something, and it was really, uh, really kind of jolting. It was like uh, a guy had written, it was a Christian, he had a lot of Bible verses and everything, and he was quoting them, and he was just dripping with law of our behavior in order to be righteous. And it was just, just oozing with it. And he texted and said, Dad, you've got to read this. So I, you know, I, uh, I, I, I got on the website and read it. And I, I was just like, I mean, you almost got sick. I could sense the Holy Spirit. You know, I, it, it was just sickening. <clears throat> and so I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, this guy's quoting the Bible. He's got, ver- this guy's got a background here. He knows his stuff. And so I asked him, what, what do we do with that? And this is, this is, what, this is what was impressed upon me. He said, are you drawn to me by fear, or are you drawn to me by my love for you? End of question. The Bible says that his, the love, his love for us compels us to follow him, to love him, to know him. We're not motivated by fear. We no longer have the spirit of fear. We have a spirit of love and a sound mind. And the other thing, uh, I'll close with this. Um, 
another leading of the Holy Spirit is, I call them explosive thoughts. All of a sudden, boom, they're there. Um, one time I was taking my noon power nap, seven-minute power nap, which is I get, as I get older turns into a 20-minute nap. Um, but all of a sudden it was just like somebody walked in the house and yelled, Isaiah 6! Whoa! So I fumbled around, got my Bible, I, I, I just read it. You know, in the year the king Isaiah died, I saw the Lord high lifted up with his throne. talks about the throne of God. It's a picture for us to see God at his throne. It's an amazing description. There it is. I can see the, the train of his temple. Uh, there it is. I mean, that, this is what uh, uh, the Holy Spirit showed to Isaiah. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. But that was what I call an explosive thought. And another one was mowing here this summer. It was down by the pond, and it was all, all and it was just another slammer that says, and the chastisement for our peace fell on him. So cool. What I should have got, he got. That was so neat. I can tell you the exact spot he told me that. And one more story. I don't know, some of you maybe know Brent Macbeth. Brent and Edith. Edith lived to be over 100 years old. She passed away here just in the, within the last year or so. She was an organist out at Silverwood Church. Brent was just one of them stalwart guys. He was just a short little farmer, but he, just, he was just one of them guys that just, uh, he could be a doctor or something, you know. I mean, or, or, or an insurance guy. <laughs> They're good guys, too. <laughs> but, I mean, he was just an exquisite-looking guy. He was just, I love talking to him. There was such a, a peace about him, such a glow about him. But he was telling me back when he was young, and they were, you know, a young farmer, and it was drought year. It was horribly... Uh, horribly dry. He didn't have any money. Uh, actually, Brent turned out to be a very wealthy farmer. And he told me, actually, he came to our place right when we were just starting as a church. And everybody was all, oh, it's a cult and everything like that. And uh, I was like, say, two people came and talked to us about that. Doris came and talked to us about that. Mike's mother, Doris, said, uh, uh, well, what, you know, instead of, instead of slamming everybody, she just said, uh, well, what are you guys doing? What are you guys up to? Tell me what you're doing. I mean, you know, she just wanted to know. She wasn't convicting us or anything like that. And Brent was the same way. He said, well, how, 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 how's, how's your church going? And he told me the story that he was, <coughs> he didn't have any money. <coughs> the banks didn't have any money. And he had to have seed put in the ground, otherwise no crop. And so he Hitches up his wagon. That's all I need to do. I just got to go to town. The seed's in town. I don't know how I'm going to get it. I have no credit. Nobody wants to borrow any money. And I just headed to town. I didn't know what to do. It was planting season. So he heads to town, and he said, I, it, it just, it's just like a loudspeaker from heaven said, Brent, don't worry. And he, he, he had tears in his eyes when he was saying that. And that was probably happened 50 years ago what he was telling me. And he said, I, I got to town, and I, I went to the elevator, talked to the guy, and he said, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll give you a seat. No, he didn't talk to the guy beforehand or nothing, no preparation or nothing like that. So he got his seat and 
planted it and reaped a harvest. I'm just saying that, that you know, the people led by the Spirit. <clears throat> Three things I want to just say. Assault your mind with the Word of God. Develop an awareness of the Holy Spirit's presence. You have to think about that. You have to think about his presence. And number three, stay in the game. The enemy wants to take you out, just like Jaron read. The enemy wants to take you out. Stay in the game. Stay in the game. Let's close. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the thoroughness of your word. Thank you, Lord, that, uh, that you love and care for us. Thank you for the cross, the blood, the redemption. We are now sons and daughters. We have a great inheritance waiting for us. We have an inheritance now. We can live in the spirit. And thank you, Lord, for teaching us and for showing us what walking in the spirit is, being led by your spirit, and and glorifying you. Father, we want to please you. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for speaking to us today, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.